Hey, this is Channing. And this is Leah. And you've reached Vessel, Art is a Doorway. Welcome to episode 30. Hey everyone, we're so happy that you could be with us at Vessel Art is a Doorway today. Recently, we were invited to attend the 2022 Freeze Los Angeles event in Beverly Hills, and it was phenomenal. Yes, it was actually quite refreshing being there since the last time we were there, which was in 2020, right before the pandemic. So to see art in person again was really exciting. Yeah, when we first got there, one of the first galleries that we visited was White Cube Gallery. And one of the galleries there, she gave us a nice tour of some of the paintings and the different works that they had there. And when we arrived, it was about 3 o'clock p.m. The gallery or the freeze event had actually opened up at 11. And she confided in us that over 80 to 90 percent of the work at that time was already sold. That's right. And many of the other galleries we spoke to there were having similar experiences. So in connection to the theme of our podcast, which is art in the brain or the concrete benefits we receive from consuming and making art, we wanted to talk a little bit about three scientifically proven benefits of art. Of course, there is a lot more than just three benefits of art. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to have this discussion in context with some of the artworks that we saw at Freeze this year. And I know... A lot of people have issues when it comes to actually selling art, thinking about how art is connected to something monetarily. But one of the things as we were visiting this event that I found so uh, fascinating, seeing people actually purchase work being two years into the pandemic, you know, I was asking myself, why would people be buying so much work right now? And one of the things that we found out was that a lot of people, they're either changing their positions from working in an office, now they're working either at home or in a separate office by themselves. And people right now really want to have work around them that's really aesthetically pleasing. And this brings us to our first benefit that we received when going to Freeze Art Fair, which is that art stimulates our creativity and imagination, which leads to innovation. Certainly. One of the next galleries that we visited was Massimo De Carlo, and we got a chance to meet with one of the sales associates there. I believe their gallery was based in London, but one of the artists that they had there was an artist named Brian. Let me pull up his work because it was so fascinating. Brian Rochefort, and I hope I'm not saying that wrong, Brian, if you hear this podcast, but his work was really phenomenal. He had these huge pots, and as a fellow ceramist, one of the things I like to do is play around with different textures when it comes to the glaze process, but Ryan's work really sent it to the next level. Um, He had these huge pots. I don't know. They were be probably about maybe about a foot and a half to maybe two feet high and about like roughly about a foot in width. 
And they were just covered with layers on top of layers on top of layers of glaze and different colors. And I really appreciated some of his work because it seemed as though he used the regular glaze process when it came to maybe a lava glaze or a shinier glaze or something like that. But he also used other techniques other than the glaze. He would he would implement maybe a uh, what he calls a grounding technique which is basically using different substances other than glaze to finish the product. So yeah, Brian's work, man, that really took it to the next level. And I'm so glad I got a chance to see that in person. That's very true. All of the textures on top of each other created a feeling of richness, but because everything was so free flowing, it was also of ease. And I love looking at artists like that, even though it's very different from my own practice. And even as a person consuming the art, I love the fact that it's like you're having a dialogue with this person, even though the person's not there. Definitely. And Brian's work was phenomenal. But there were some other artists there at the gallery. For instance, Stephen Clayton, Karen Goldbrin, Yusuk Young and Betty Woodman. And I just really enjoyed the diversity at this year's Freeze. And speaking of innovation, we really enjoyed the section of Freeze called Focus LA, which is a curated section by Amanda Hunt. And what that curated section did was celebrate artists who use visual language in powerful and innovative ways. And one of the galleries that we were able to visit there was called The Garden. Yeah, The Garden was really interesting. We got a chance to meet Zachary Carroll Gold. And uh, I'm hoping that we could possibly get the guy on our show because I really enjoy just checking out his gallery. One of the cool things about the garden is, is they started their gallery out of their backyard. Can you imagine that? So they would curate art events where they would have artists come in, showcase their artwork, but then it led to them actually having a physical gallery, which later on led them to actually be hosting their gallery at Freeze Art. So that was really cool. And seeing some of the 3D clay or 3D ceramic pieces that they had, they were actually printed, 3D printed clay vessels that they had uh, inside the gallery. And that was just, man, I'm gonna be honest, that, that, that was really inspirational. Yeah, and inside of Focus LA, we got a chance to meet Alex at the Gallo Pardo Gallery. Yes, we really enjoyed talking to Alex. It was interesting because some of the art pieces there seemed on surface very whimsical. For example, there's one piece that seems like paint is rubbed all over it in bright green and yellow and pink colors. And then the word parrot is written almost in like a graffiti typeface on the side of it. And then there's like a stuffed parrot attached to the canvas and in having a conversation with him. We were reminded of an art piece called One and Three Chairs done in 1965 by Joseph Kossuth. And in that art piece, there is a photograph of the chair hanging on the wall, the actual chair, physical chair on the ground in the exhibition and a definition of what a chair is also hanging on the wall. So in this type of conceptual art, we're able to take things that may be seemingly mundane and think about them from different points of view 
physical and verbal. And that was one of the things that was really interesting about this particular event at the Freeze Art. One of the things that I think both of us, wouldn't you agree, Leah, that we noticed that in this event, it seemed to be that there was a lot of focus on different narratives or different people's backgrounds. You know, sometimes you may go to an art event and you're only seeing one particular narrative or one particular voice that's actually being heard. But in this one, we saw a huge diversity of thought and different people from different countries, um, different ethnicities, uh, different uh, voices. And this brings us to the second benefit we received when we went to Freeze Art Fair is that art can help us to become more empathetic, open our minds and our hearts to other people's experiences. Yeah, definitely. We One of the next galleries that we were able to visit was the Bella Mee Gallery. And we got a chance to see some of Ben Sakaguchi's work. And Ben had about 17 different paintings basically talking about the Japanese encampments during World War II. And in each of these paintings somewhere, it was like, where's Waldo? Ben was in every single painting. Yeah, and it was really remarkable. He was able to paint about this because he actually experienced it himself as a child. So it was very moving being able to learn about this history from the, the paint strokes, the hands of a person who actually lived it. And another piece that is a part of history that was really cool to see was a mural that was recreated by Robert's Projects. And the mural was originally done by Betty Saar. Betty Saar did this mural in LA almost 40 years ago in 1983. And the mural's original name was LA Energy. Yeah, so it was actually Betty's depiction or how her imagination actually saw energy flow. So the mural really depicted her thoughts on the way or her expression of energy. So yeah, that, that was really interesting, Leah. And another thing that we saw during that Roberts project was, was a painting done by Kehinde Wiley. It was a, an original painting done by the man. So I'm really glad that I got a chance to see that in person. Yes, he's really an incredible painter. I always love looking at his pieces in person so I can see his brush strokes. In addition to visiting the main site of the fair in Beverly Hills, there were tons of different artist talks and exhibitions going on all around the city. And one of them that we got to visit was at Noya House in Hollywood. And this brings us to our third benefit, which is art can make us smarter. So this panel discussion at Noya House was in partnership with Dezine, and it was entitled Building the Metaverse. Yeah, such an interesting topic. We know that cryptocurrencies, the metaverse, many people have different thoughts and views about it. But in this discussion, it really opened up exactly what the future of the world is going to be like. <laughs> you know, you could say uh, it was led by Mimi Zeiger, but there were some other architects and artists. For instance, Rafik Anadol was there as well in this discussion. Liam Young 
and architects Laura Lesmes and Frederick Kelberg. And as a first order of business, some of you listening might not necessarily be familiar with what a metaverse is, and I really like the definition that Space Popular gave. They said that the way they like to describe the metaverse, because they usually don't necessarily even use that buzzword, but they describe it as the immersive internet, a 3D version of the internet that you can be immersed in. Another interesting thing about Space Popular is that they are architects. And a lot of times when we think about architects, we think of physical buildings that we can walk into and live in in our physical world. So it's very interesting, even though they have that type of background, seeing them think about our experience in a a virtual building and them working in virtual spaces with their technical experience as an architect. And it was interesting during this panel discussion, actually hearing Rafiq Anadol in person, hearing him talk about the artwork that he's doing with artificial intelligence and how he's bringing that artwork to the metaverse. Yes, what he does is really interesting. What he uses often is artificial intelligence, where he may use hundreds of thousands or even more images to teach a machine how to look at people, how to see landscapes and things like that. And then in his art, he takes those images and that process and he kind of almost works together with the machine to create these amazing, very fluid, many times very seemingly ephemeral works of art. And many of the pieces that he's known for are where the visual results of his data machine learning algorithm, these works are projected all around you and all around whoever else is in the room with you. We'll definitely have links to his work and also Space Popular's work in the show's notes so you can actually see it. It's hard to like describe in the podcast, of course. Yeah, Leah, it seems like you, Rafiq, and a few other artists are actually working on a project in downtown Los Angeles, huh? Yeah, we'll have definitely more details on that soon. It's in connection to a public arts organization called Now Art LA. It's called Luminex. It'll be an outdoor digital art exhibition in the middle of downtown Los Angeles, where we'll essentially be using the architecture of Los Angeles as canvas to digital art. Yeah, that's really exciting, Leah. I cannot wait to see that thing. I remember last year we got a chance to visit the Now Art Luminex project, and it was a really safe environment. I think over 15,000 people showed up, and it was a really inspiring event, and I think you'll really enjoy it. As a matter of fact, if you're hungry, there'll be food trucks out there too as well. But if you want to find out more information regarding this, I would highly recommend following Now Art LA on Instagram, or you can also follow Leah Smithson Art, or I'll also be pitching in information and finding out what I can at Just Glaze Channing. You can also get it directly to your email if you go to clss.studio, that's class without an A.studio, and sign up for our email list. And we hope that you enjoyed this discussion of our coverage of Freeze Art Fair and some of the surrounding events that happened this year. Yes, and three of the benefits that we received from going to Freeze Art Fair. The first one, which was as iron sharpens iron, when we 
we go to museums and see other people's art, we get inspiration and creativity, which spurs innovation. Yeah, and the second one was how art can help us have empathy and compassion for others. Yes, we can learn more about our own and others' history and even learn from their life experiences as well. And the third one, which is art can make us smarter. And it's phenomenal to see how now here in the 21st century, how architects, developers, scientists, and artists have collaborated to create this new technology using the metaverse. And we know there's so many different things that you could be doing with your time. But once again, you're here with us. We're so grateful that you've been a part of Vessel Art is a Doorway. <laughs> 